When we look at the situation today according to the Bible, we have three divisions. We have the world and all the people of the world who go by the flesh and make their decisions by the flesh of man. We have the apostate churches, which have fallen away from Scripture and set up their own doctrines and go by their own doctrines. And we have the elect of God, which are those who are born again, having the Spirit of God, following the Spirit of God, keeping the flesh under control by that which God gives us by His Spirit. We have those three divisions. The world will be destroyed by God. The apostate church will be destroyed by Jesus. We see that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. When Jesus comes, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The apostate churches will be destroyed. We also see that in verses 10, 11, 12 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They set up their own doctrines in the churches. They fell away from the doctrines of Christ. They set up their own doctrines. That allowed Antichrist to come into the churches. The apostate churches hold back certain scriptures. They don't want to offend people. They want big numbers of people. If they spoke certain scriptures that would be offensive to the congregations, and they would leave them. So we have the world the apostate church, and the elect of God. Let's take each one of these for a second and look at them by the Bible. First, the world. The Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Here's a very shocking statement in James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterous and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore 
will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. A friend is someone who supports you. Recently, a woman who's most likely a lesbian said to me, does this mean that you support homosexuals and lesbians? And I said, no, I don't think so. And I sent her a letter telling her what the, both the Old and New Testament tell us about sodomites, about homosexuals, and about lesbians. Starting at Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause God turned them over to vile affections. In God's sight, these are vile affections that are committed by homosexuals and lesbians. That's Romans chapter 1, verse 26. The people of the world do not have the Spirit of God in them. Consequently, they do whatever is right in their own eyes. They seek their own counsels from each other. They stumble over things that they don't have any idea what it is that they stumbled over because they do not have the Spirit of God in them to lead them. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, Galatians five nineteen through 21. The world lives in these works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which is living in superstitions. For example, clicking your glass, drink glass together for good luck. Wishing each other well that way. I've seen football players run out on the football field and cross themselves. That has no power at all. It is not in the Bible as taught by the Catholic Church, which added many things. One of the apostasies is the Catholic Church. We'll get to that in a minute. Living in superstitions. Because you see, if you live in a superstition, you deny God. You're either trusting in that good luck or you're avoiding that thing that's supposed to be bad luck, but neither is trusting in God who is all. The people of the flesh live in hatred, variance, which is to debate and vary with other people. Emulations, this is a big one. Striving to be better than others. From the time you enter school, that's what you're doing, striving to be better than your other classmates. Business, the world, women do that against other women as they fight over men. That is called emulation, striving to be better than other people. Wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Paul says, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In Genesis chapter 6, we see God's opinion of man. From the time of Genesis chapter 6 to now, the flesh of man is the same. The only thing that is good 
is when God communicates with you individually, causing you to be born again, leaving the flesh behind, keeping it under the control of the Spirit of God. But basically, Genesis chapter 6, the world then is exactly the same as the world today. The humans in the world of Genesis chapter 6 are no different from the humans today who are of the world. Verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from off the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. So God brought the waters and destroyed everyone except Noah found grace in the sight of God. At the end of this world, this current earth and heaven will be destroyed by God. God will judge the world, the people of the world, and the apostate churches, and the elect of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. At that time we will receive for that which we have done on this earth, whether it be good or bad. That is Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. So God tells Noah in Genesis chapter 6 that he is going to destroy this earth. And he tells Noah to build an ark because Noah is going to be saved by God. God described the earth. He said the earth also was corrupted before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted God's way upon the earth. That's exactly the same thing we see today in the world as they pursue their happiness. The Apostle Paul, of course, had both the Spirit of God and the flesh. And Paul said, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Paul kept his flesh under control by doing the things of the Spirit of God, which are the opposite from the things of the flesh. Concerning the apostate church, it's all over the world. It's really everywhere. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord will not come, except there come a falling away first. They would fall away from Scripture and set up other doctrines. And that men of sin be revealed. When they fell away from Scripture, Antichrist moved into the churches. 
who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so he as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The faith movement does that exact thing. They have a doctrine which is called the authority of the believer. They teach, if you learn to stand up to devils, that he can't touch you. The devil can't touch your property. He can't touch your body. He can't touch your family. If you stand up and exert your authority over the devil. It is not teaching you to seek the will of God or the help of God. It is teaching you to be God. That's the faith movement. Look at verse 4 again of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. But there are many, many other apostasies in churches and churches that have fallen away from Scripture, many others other than the faith movement. The faith movement teaches you to be God by using Scripture. It doesn't work, but if you fail, they tell you your faith is not strong enough. When your faith gets strong enough, you'll be able to do this, that they are teaching. Both the Catholic and the Protestant churches are filled with apostasy, idolatry, changing of doctrines from the New Testament Bible, and setting up doctrines which are not of the Bible. Concerning divorce remarriage, Matthew 5.32, Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Romans 7, verses 2 and 3, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Now in the churches today, they often teach we don't go by the law. So they throw scriptures from the New Testament completely out, saying that's not valid because we don't go by the law. Paul wrote this to the New Testament church under the inspiration of God. It's instruction for the church. Yet many churches throw this whole body of scripture out, saying we don't go by the law. They pervert what the law really is. We don't go by the law of Moses, where we sacrifice animals for sins. But we certainly go by the law of the New Testament Bible, which has many statements in it which show us the law of God and the way of God, the way to salvation and the way to damnation. It's throughout the New Testament Bible, the laws of God the ways of God, and we must choose them, and the elect of God will choose them, because God is in you if you're the elect of God. He is in you by the Holy Spirit. So Romans 7, verses 2 and 3, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, 
she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Mark chapter 10, verses 11-12, Jesus says, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if the woman put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Concerning homosexuals and lesbians, Romans chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. The apostate churches also set up many things for their people to worship, which are not in the Bible. Consequently, these things have no power of God in them. But they set them up as if there's a power in them, and they deceive their congregations by this. They set up things such as the lighting of candles in prayer, crossing themselves, praying to dead humans. Dead people are asleep. They're not alive watching over anybody. Trusting in dead humans by wearing medallions or putting medallions in their automobiles for safety. They call their ministers by names which are not in the Bible, such as reverend, vicar, pope, archbishop. None of those are in the Bible to call a minister by those things. Ministers of God in the Bible are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, which God gave for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, 12. It was after Jesus was crucified and resurrected that he gave from heaven these ministries to the New Testament church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. They call themselves many other things that are not in the Bible. When Jesus returns, he will destroy all church groups who have fallen away from Scripture in the Bible and who have set up doctrines other than Bible for their church people. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8 
and then shall that wicked be revealed when Jesus returns, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Next, the elect of God. There's the apostasy church, the church of the apostasy, which have fallen away from scriptures, and there are the elect of God who have been spoken to by God. God has caused them to be born again, and they are sealed with the Spirit of God and follow God by his Spirit. Jesus is coming to take the elect of God off of this earth, to take them into heaven, to be with those who have been resurrected from the dead, and they will all be taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, and this present earth will be destroyed by God. So the elect of God are those individuals chosen by God. It's not that we chose God. He chose us. He caused us to be born again. He changed us into completely new creations. We're totally different than we were before God revealed himself to us. My life is nothing like it was before I was born again, August 5th, 1975. God spoke to me by his spirit and said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. If you had asked me before that point, are you a Christian? I would have said, oh, yes. I went forward. I was baptized at church. But I didn't have the Spirit of God. But it wasn't until I was given the Spirit of God that I understood I didn't have the Spirit of God. So there's the apostate church and the elect of God. The Spirit of God lives in the elect of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? I went to a luncheon at Texas Tech University when I lived in Lubbock, Texas. We were downtown Lubbock in a six or seven story building and we were up on the top floor. It looked down onto the parking lot of First Methodist Church. At our table there was a woman who pointed out of the window and said, That's our church. I said, We are the church. She was startled. She said, that's the church, pointing to the building. And I said, we are the church. And she was so angry. She said to the other people at the table, she said, we're the church. She said, I'm not a church. That's the church, and pointed to the building. Well, that was probably right. She was probably not the church, but I'm the church. For God has spoken to me, causing me to be born again, causing me to be changed into a new creature, and giving me his spirit to live in me. That's the church, according to the Bible. 1 Corinthians 3.16 again. 
Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? The Holy Spirit who is in us searches the heart of God to reveal the will of God to us so we can go in the way of God as we live on this present earth. John fourteen twenty six, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John sixteen thirteen. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak to us, and he will show you things to come. He speaks to us by just bringing to our mind a scripture or a concept or a truth from God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. At the end of this world, Jesus returns through the clouds and gathers the dead in Christ first up to himself in the clouds. And they rise to meet Jesus in the air. Now that word, in the air, is very important. Why? Because this present earth is going to be destroyed. God has created a new heaven and a new earth for the elect of God to live in. And only righteousness will be there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, concerning those who have died, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 
For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, precede, go before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain on the earth shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. The dead in Christ rise first, and then Jesus sends his angels with the trumpet to gather the elect of God from all corners of this earth. They are changed into new spiritual bodies. They rise from off the earth to meet Jesus and those who have been resurrected. For the ones who are resurrected are with Jesus in the clouds, and the ones who are still alive on the earth are taken up by the angels into the air to meet Jesus in the clouds. Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31. Jesus says, After the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Now why will they mourn? Why won't they rejoice? Well, they didn't belong to Jesus. They weren't following Jesus. They were blaspheming Jesus. They were doing all types of sins of the flesh when Jesus came to the earth to gather his elect. So verse 30 again. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. The dead in Christ who have been resurrected by Jesus and the elect of God who have been raised to meet them in the air will all be given new heavenly bodies. We will not have the bodies that we currently live in. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty nine through 53 And as we have borne the image of the earthy, our fathers and mothers, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly when we're born again. God is a spirit. We're going to be given spiritual bodies. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Because you see, these current bodies that we have, they are 
subject to disease and sorrow and pain, and there will be none of that in heaven. Verse 50, Paul says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Blink your eye. That's how fast we'll be changed into our new spiritual bodies. We will then be taken into the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 5, God allowed the apostle John to see the new heaven and the new earth and John describes it for us. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 5, John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. After we are taken off the earth, God destroys this present heaven and earth. After we, the elect of God, are taken off this earth. Second Peter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So we have the world, we have the apostate church, and we have the elect of God. The world will be judged by God and destroyed by God. The apostate church will be destroyed by Jesus when he comes through the air. The apostate church will be destroyed by the spirit of Jesus' mouth and by the brightness of his coming. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8 The elect of God will be gathered to Jesus in the air and taken to the new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. The world looks so powerful the apostate church looks so powerful. We, the elect of God, 
looks so insignificant to anyone who crosses our path. But we hope in God. He is our hope. He's our only hope. We trust in Him. We believe His Word and trust in His Word and follow Him. Of all three, we are the ones taken into heaven for all eternity. The elect of God, that's why Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. Unless you're born again, you can't even see spiritual things. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you.